Heather, it is so nice to see you. And thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview for the November 2022 edition of the Thinking Working Politically Community of Practice newsletter. Let me start by briefly introducing you for the benefit of our audience, although you by no means need any introduction. Um, Heather Marquette, who is Professor of Development Politics in the International Development Department at the University of Birmingham, has been one of the leading thinkers on thinking and working politically over the past two decades, and she was one of the original founders of the community of practice back in the day. She has also been a leading champion of the COP, both while she was director of the Developmental Leadership Program at the University of Birmingham and well beyond. Heather is currently seconded part-time to FCDO's Research and Evidence Division as Senior Research Fellow on Governance and Conflict. And she's also the director of the Serious Organized Crime Anti-Corruption Evidence Research Program, or SOC-ACE for short, which is funded by FCDO, which is why we're here today. So Heather, welcome again. Tell me a little bit about SOC-ACE. What is the program about? Why did you embark on this SOC-ACE adventure? And where does TWP come in? Well, firstly, hi, Alina, and thanks very much for um, having me on today. Um, it's a real pleasure, and it's really nice kind of having worlds collide like this, um, which is really good. Um, SOC ACE, as you say, is a, is a new research program that is funded by FCO, and it's part of the Anti-Corruption Evidence, or ACE, uh, research family, really, with the other two uh, programs being the Global Integrity ACE, led by Professor Paul Haywood, and SOAS ACE, led by Professor Mushtaq Khan. Um, and SOC ACE focuses explicitly on organized crime, illicit finance, and transnational corruption. So bringing something new to, to ACE work. The initial funding that we had was for an urgent one-year scoping study, which started in June 2021. Um, and we now have approval for a next phase of the research until September 2025. Um, you probably know it's been a really busy year um, since SOC ACE was established last June. We've worked with couple of numbers here for you. We've worked with 12 partner organizations and 44 researchers based in eight countries working on 16 projects, looking at 29 countries, and we've produced almost 50 research outputs so far and counting as well. So really pleased and proud of that. Um, this is all within one year? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's been a busy year. Um, and and um, the researchers and the team have been absolutely fantastic. And the interest in the research um, is uh, is really impressive and um, hopefully looking to grow as well. Um, in terms of where TWP comes into that, in SOCASE's overall arching focus is on politically feasible organized crime, illicit finance, and transnational corruption interventions and reforms, and really looking at um, quote-unquote, unlocking the black box of political will as part of that as well. So very clearly, TWP. Excellent, Heather. Thank you so much. Firstly, congratulations for what sounds like an incredibly productive year plus, but also must have been exhausting for you. And we all very much look forward to seeing the different uh, products and outputs that you that you have produced as part of SOCASE with your wide um, network of, of partners and, and researchers. So that sounds extremely exciting. Um, also, what you say about how TWP comes in, I think is really important because obviously... Um, 
this this wording around um, political will um, gets a lot of traction. Um, and what really is wonderful about a thinking working politically approach is that it enables people to really disaggregate or unpack what that means in actual practice and understand where the blockages and opportunities for change may lie. So um, that, that sounds really good. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning here that while the particular terminology around TWP has arisen from debates in international development, the need to understand how politics affects uh, reform initiatives, policy implementation and strategy, and how to work more adaptively to take on board the implications of such an understanding has relevance and resonance that, that, that are well beyond the development field. And this is a point that you, Heather, have emphasized for some time. Tell me, how does the substance of TWP here in small caps, I would say, or small letters, come to life in SOC A's work? Thanks, Elena. I mean, you, you and I have both written in, in the past about, about kind of thinking and working politically as being something that people just do versus the way the way that programs are delivered or implemented in particular ways. So I always think of it as TWP lowercase as being that kind of different ways of thinking or approaching problems um, versus TWP capital, which is much more of a thing to do with develop, often development programming and um, the ways in which you develop things differently there. From a SACE perspective, I mean, we were lucky because we were able just to take and adapt the existing ACE approach, which was really about being problem-led and taking politics really seriously. So we just adapted that. So, you know, being problem-led, not starting with preconceived ideas about the right solutions, focusing on real-world priorities um, in sectors and in geographies where organized crime, illicit finance, and corruption are part of, but they're rarely all of the problem. Um, as I said, taking politics seriously and really thinking about how you develop politically viable reforms and approaches that are context sensitive. And importantly, and hopefully we'll come on to this again later, um, avoid unintended consequences as well. Um, and really thinking differently about prevention. So yeah. focusing on trying to understand the ways in which organized crime and corruption provide solutions to everyday problems that people face, problems that almost always have deep social, structural, economic, and political roots, particularly in resource-scarce environments, but not not always as well. It'd be exactly the same in a country like the UK as, as other countries um, as well. And I think that, you know, to me, this brings us back to where TWP started before there was a community of practice, where it was really about thinking about, you know, the ways in which we're supporting kind of local actors um, and ways where we could enhance effectiveness of local efforts or undermine those. So really think about effectiveness, but then also around unintended consequences. So how do you, um, as external actors or domestic actors, how do you avoid doing the the wrong things um, or even doing the right things in the wrong way um, for the, the right reasons? And so to me, it kind of brings TWP back to there. And uh, we will hopefully be having a synthesis of TWP-specific lessons that I'll be co-authoring with uh, our very own TWP cops, Catherine Hellier, which will be out shortly on this as well. Oh, that's exciting. We have to keep yeah. an eye out an effort. I know that Catherine has been working very hard on that. Um, Heather, you're mentioning a lot of really important principles, I would say, of what TWP is, is meant to be about. And you're talking about being... Um, problem-led rather than solution-driven. Uh, you have talked about unintended consequences. 
have have you found that in the SOC space it is easier to adopt or adapt a adopt really a problem led lens because this seems to be a recurring problem for development where because there's a ten, there's there's a toolkit that is available there's still very much a tendency to sort of go see what tools you have at your disposal to retrofit what the um, issue or the challenge at hand might be based on that solution that you have. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can tell you a little bit more about the stuff we're doing around political will, will that might help kind of bring some of that to life. But I, it's certainly something that I I found testing out some of the approaches that we've developed um, already, one around political will and then one coming out of work I've done with Karen Pfeiffer around corruption functionality uh, and then bringing in organized crime to that. That actually the both, you know, both of those approaches are very much kind of TWP friendly. They start with problem identification, but actually when working with really smart people in various geographies, the problem identification is actually one of the toughest parts of it. And partly that's because it's like an onion. So once you start peeling what the real problem is, that's actually, you know, that takes a lot of thought and, um, and knowledge. You need sort of deep context knowledge and so on. But also, if you are a civil servant or a, a civil society organization, if you're law enforcement or whatever, you're often given the problem that you need to tackle and the parameters around, you know, where you can work and what you can do. So actually, yeah. you know, we come in as kind of TWP political economy analysis writers and so on. And we don't always understand that there are some parameters that we might need to, to work with. So being problem driven is harder than you think and may not always be possible to do as if as if you can imagine a way the real world that people are, are doing this kind of work in. So that's been a sort of in, an interesting insight and one that I'm hoping to take forward uh, in the next year or so. I was going to ask, is that the title of an upcoming reflections piece on what TWP is harder than you think it? <laughs> uh, pro- problem driven, <laughs> identifying the problem and working from there. I mean, I think that I mean I'm just starting to to um, reach out to people like yourselves and and others about this and how we how we um how we do this. I had in mind an approach, and then I started reading things around intelligence analysis, and that kind of opened up a whole new world of of people working in different kind of ways that I'd like to to bring into those conversations. So I'm not actually sure how it's going to go just yet. It's very early thinking. Um, but yeah, if we can't get problem identification right, it actually makes it really hard to do problem-driven approaches. <laughs> so it seems a pretty fundamental thing to focus on. Excellent. Well, we look forward to seeing how that pans out, but maybe uh, perhaps building on the work that has already been done through SOCASE and the kinds of insights um, and ideas that have emerged from that work. Tell me, what have you found most surprising or rewarding um, from a TWB perspective? Well, actually, if we could talk just for a minute about the political will side, because that, I think, leads into the kind of surprising things. I mean, I think political will, for me, has always been a way to kind of link thinking and working politically to the work that people are doing. It's something everybody has to grapple with and everybody gets as well. But it's also a really important part of a lot of strategies and frameworks. You know, here in the UK, the the government's uh, organized crime strategy sets out an intention to drive up political will to address vulnerabilities around organized crime, for example. So it's mandated that political will is part of that. 
Um, but there, there can be a sense that political will is something that you that people either have or they don't, or you can turn off or somehow do something with. And it's not, it's not something as as DLP's research as a lot of other research from Manchester and others has you know has looked at. It's not something that individual actors can turn off on or off. You have to understand it within a particular context. And you have to be pretty pragmatic about what's politically and technically feasible. Mm. So the research that we're doing is really trying to think about that feasibility. Um, on the thinking politically sense, a, a couple of areas where we're doing this in a, a really practical way. I mean, one is, you know, I mentioned a, a short note, an approach that I've written on uh thinking about political will differently. And this builds mm -hmm. on Carmen Milena's work on what she calls uh, from political won't to political will. And basically it's looking at, you know, how to think about political will against the odds. Um, and Milena writes about political will actually being the sum of political want, political can, and political must. So to actually get to the point where you're thinking about political will Actors need to want to undertake a certain action. They have to feel confident that they can, that they have the resources, the skills, and so on. And they have to feel like they must do that. Um, so you can't just have want. If you don't have the resources or the skills, um, then want is admirable, but it's not actually going to get you anywhere. And sometimes you don't get want unless people feel that they must or so on. So the, the framework sets out a series of questions that people can use in their own work. Um, and I've worked up a couple of hypothetical cases on this, not just to show how the questions work, but actually how that then gets you to work differently. So it's not just about thinking differently, but it's actually kind of moving to where you would work differently as well. Um, and have tested that out so far in in one country and am looking to do it in a few more as well. Helena, you've also been doing work for Sakace around thinking differently about politics and organized crime. And I don't know if I can turn the mic over to you for a second. <laughs> yes, no, that has been actually a very exciting, uh, small, but a very exciting piece of research that I did, uh, which was really reflecting on um all the work that I had been doing on political settlements and elite bargains. And I was struck by the fact that when thinking about political settlements and elite bargains, there's little recognition in the work that I had seen um, from international development. There's little sort of recognition or awareness of the fact that actors associated with, with uh, serious organized crime are profoundly influential and, and, and powerful in terms of um, dictating the terms of a political settlement, um, establishing the, the, the bargains, and really defining prospects for inclusion and exclusion. Um, and so in that paper that I did, I was talking about uh, certain elements of a political settlement or an elite bargain that really must take into account um, serious organized crime including who the actors are and what their incentives are. And this includes um, actors that are maybe involved in organized crime um, around issues related to legitimacy, state capacity. So essentially, uh, it, it was bringing a lens of what a lot of literature on organized crime has emphasized in terms of the collusion that there might be uh, between state actors and organized crime and why that's important to keep in mind when looking at um, 
political settlements and elite bargains in a more developmental context. I mean, the thing that strikes me with with your work and then sort of how how the how the Sake's research so far takes us from thinking to working politically is the kind of insights from bringing different disciplines together. And um, so, you know, we have we have your work that brings that kind of politics of organized crime into that political settlements and elite bargain space. Um, David Ucko and Tom Marks, who've you know, looked at lessons from irregular warfare, so counterterrorism, counterinsurgency, and so on, and thinking about how those lessons can better inform our strategic approaches um, including, you know, the real need to understand how organized crimes kind of social and political embeddedness um, can really be a coping mechanism for uh, communities rather than just sheer predation, although, you know, this is not to say that this is not about predation as well. Um, research on sanctions um, that focus explicitly on organized crime and how important it is that the the government where those actors are being sanctioned really support that type of activity in terms of effectiveness. Um, So research around Russia and illicit finance that looks Mm. at how instead of focusing on just the money amount and that part of the illicit finance, but really understanding it as part of uh, foreign policy and approach to bringing together political violence, political sort of uh, um, activities, you know, influencing politics in various countries and media activities, disinformation, uh, information operations, and so on, and how that connects to illicit finance and how illicit finance connects to that, um, and so on. I mean, there's so many different pieces of Sake's research that really kind of helps to question some of that kind of the technical versus the political, but bringing insights from all these different um, sectors, geographies, uh, and disciplines to to help us think about working in different sorts of ways, which I really like. Um, and these might be early days based on the research that has been um, undertaken under Sockeys um, um, up to now. But Heather, you mentioned several times the need to sort of identify what is politically feasible based on an understanding of, of political will and the way that you have disaggregated that and all of that. Uh, are there examples where the research is identifying these more feasible approaches to combat SOC? Or is that for the next iteration of, of the program? I think it's, we're certainly starting to. So I mean, so some of the, the work has been looking at sort of previous research and evidence, but through different kinds of lenses um, and uh, looking at kind of lessons from other fields as well. I think hopefully we'll be looking to test things going forward. So new, new ways of working as well. And we're having conversations um, about how to, how to potentially do that. Um, but it's definitely, we're, we're not just looking to kind of understand things. I also think part of it is as, as researchers, there's an obligation on us as well to consider the, the political feasibility and technical feasibility of our, of our findings when they, they are policy recommendations um, so for any of our researchers, the point where I probably drove them most crazy as a as a director and with my, my red pen was pushing back on uh, policy recommendations that weren't going to be politically feasible. So they might feel nice to write, but they're actually not going to work in, in reality for a number of reasons, which really brings you to one of the biggest challenges, I think, for TWP to grapple with, which is the fact that this involves, you know, often it involves a lot of compromise. Um, in terms of what we want to do. You asked about kind of what I found most surprising and rewarding. I mean, I have to say that's part of 
part of it is being able to kind of nudge sort of the research in hopefully more politically feasible ways. Um, I've really liked working the, the funding that we have. Um, typically, you know, FCDO and DFID before, um, you know, research was funded through the the aid budget, so ODA, um, whereas most of this has been non-ODA. And that's kind of opened up whole new uh geographies, sure, but also different ways of working and thinking. And I've really loved working with different partners uh, outside and within development, um, working with um, country-based staff who've said this is exactly how we see things in our, you know, in our own context. Um, and I guess probably one of my, my most rewarding moments was working with a really, really politically smart law enforcement colleague who just said, well, yeah, this is all just thinking working politically, isn't it? And I was like, see, you know, they get it. And this is fantastic um, as well. I mean, that's I really, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. No? That leads to that leads to a question that I wanted to ask you, um, sort of reflecting back in all of the work that you have done, not only with Socase, but also um, uh, your your trajectory in general and uh, what what the future holds. What are you most excited about? Um, around the TWP agenda going forward? Well, I mean, I love this kind of question because it's so personal. And so what I say is, you know, what I get excited about, um, which will probably be different to what many other people do as well, which I think is one of the the real strengths. And one of my favorite things about the TWP community practice is we don't all think about things in the same way or work on the same things. So I'm just caveating what this is completely a personal. I mean, I think... <laughs> Kind of three three things I'm most excited about. So one would be about really helping to bring that thinking and working politically, kind of lowercase sort of thinking and working into non-development spaces. Um, so really doing work around strategy, around security and defense, and around stabilization, um, and so on. Um, that's some of the most interesting and exciting and rewarding work I'm doing. It's got to be said, the stabilization unit already did some of this. The Stabilization Unit's Guide in 2019 talks explicitly about thinking working politically. Um, the British Army's manuals around counterinsurgency talks about thinking working politically. So while the development space has been looking at it this way, there are others who've been working on it that way. Um, I really like that. But, um, on a strategy perspective, you can't do good strategy if you're not thinking about things like feasibility, political want, can and must, um, unintended consequences, and so on. Um, so really excited about that. I think secondly, new work around political analysis, or PEA, um, including lessons, like I said, from intelligence analysis. Um, so partly, I mentioned the problem-driven insight, but there's all kinds of other things around how we think about um, data and open source data, about how we might think about probabilities, how do we improve the rigor of PEA and its credibility um, in different spaces as well, and then how do we connect that with locally-led approaches to um, having written about that a long time ago, is the two not necessarily going hand-in-hand? Um, and then finally, taking the work on political will forward with researchers um, and partners as well, including really challenging existing ways of thinking, trying to get to much better understanding and ways of working when it comes to tensions, trade-offs, and unintended consequences. Um, and then also really thinking about what that you know political want can and must means for our own politics um, as well. We've spent a long time talking about how you know we need to think about the the sort of political economy of our own politics. Well, 
every country is involved one way or the other when it comes to organized crime, illicit finance and transnational yeah. corruption. And the UK is certainly no exception. Um, right. So really thinking about it um, at home as well as, as uh, abroad, I think is really um, exciting to be able to do. So the future sounds very bright, Heather. I'm very happy about that. That's one way of looking at it, but yeah. <laughs> well, at least in terms of there's a lot of work yeah. out there to be done on this. So that's fantastic. Um, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's a real pleasure to have you on board. And we, yeah, we will keep an eye out for all of the um, outputs and products that come out. Um, and best of luck with the next iteration. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it.